welcome to episode 392 of This Is Whole Life. As always, we're going to dig deeper into the message and the things that we're talking about here at Whole Life Church in Orlando. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can do it by email, podcast at wholelife.church, or voicemail text 407-965-1607. And you all took advantage of all of those things this week because we have a ton of questions, a ton of feedback. So we're going to jump right in. If you're listening to this message, to this podcast, in actuality, uh, you are also probably just finished catching up on episodes 390 and 391. Know that this was no uh, nothing intentional, but our former hosting platform, Spreaker, somehow redirected our 301 to a different non-working Google URL, and that's why you haven't been getting episodes. I know I've talked to a ton of you this past week in church. Thank you for letting me know that the podcast has been down. Lots of text Isn't messages. Isn't that good that somebody noticed, though? Oh, I yeah. Mean, they've like, been <laughs> I mean, my dad called me and asked me about it, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know so many people. And then the first person that I saw was Mariana Parente. And I know that she listens. And here's how I know, because uh, absolute shout out to her. She achieved in the Spotify Wrapped. Now you get a for if you know if you're listening on Spotify, and I, I think you may have to be a paid subscriber. Not sure about that. Anyway, she sent me a screenshot, and in her pod in her Spotify Wrapped, she achieved a top two percent fan of this is whole life by listening last Ooh. year. Well, this wow. year a total. Now it's only up to so far last year for a total of two thousand three hundred and one minutes. So nice. now if you do the time well spent, wow. Mariana, time right. well spent, time well spent. And if you think about it, if you figure the average episodes, probably about 45 when you include yeah. the bonus episodes and everything, if you do the math on that, that means she didn't miss anything. That's <laughs> Inclu- awesome. So thank you for that. And thank you to the rest of you that listen just like Mariana every week and for your engagement, your questions and sharing the show with your circles of influence. We absolutely appreciate that. And before this all went down, we were like on a la- y- the usual uptick in holiday time. I don't know why that is, but maybe y'all just taking a little bit more time off, chance to catch up. But our listening numbers were going way up and then it was like eight mm, and i'm like eight <laughs> and then i'm like where are they which eight plat like what platforms are they listening on because it's what not they apple can't say to offend people man <laughs> goodness wow and then i realized finally after doing a little just digging what that problem was so but again thank you all very much and if you're finally hearing this um just know that um it's going to be me contacting 17 of our f- most popular platforms and getting our RSS feed <laughs> changed to what it's been. I don't know what changed it, and no one seems to know why, but we're going to get it fixed one way or the other. Maybe our former platform was trying to teach us a lesson for probably not, for jumping not, ship, not staying with them 200 episodes ago. We probably deserve that. Yeah. Well, maybe because we've gotten a lot more popular since we left their platform. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whoa, that was, well, we may never be able to get this thing to redirect now. Uh, I was trying to, uh, you were trying to, I was trying to make good here. Uh, yeah. So no, we're going to be an arrow right. error 404 now permanently. <laughs> Randy's bitterness just came out there. My apologies. All right. And we also heard this week, from one of Ken's friends, and you want to tell us who it is and where he's uh, where he's listening from. It's uh, Dave from North Dave, Carolina. Right. Yeah, nice. and it's I, I love it. And he sent Ken five different things, yeah. and I thought that really all five of them were really tips as we go into the new year and we're going to be launching, you know, the new theme for next year. And and this is just all. I feel like this is good prep work for all of yeah. us. You know, now we're going to be producing. You're going to be listening, but. 
you know, Dave needs to keep up with the podcast better. He's catching, he was catching up. And Dave, I'm sorry as you hear this that you probably caught all the way up to episode yep. 390. And like, well, that's what he was like. He said, I, I, but I'll tell you what, Dave is resourceful. And he went to our website. And he listened to it there. You can listen to it on the website, obviously. And that's not a redirect. That both feeds, speaking of grace and this is whole life, both streams. So if you ever can't find it, just go to the website. Because those would get counted. So not many that's probably where people are actually finding it, because it's not going out anywhere else. Then he said, You mentioned being the podcast. I'm honored. Where Dave, we're honored to have you listening to the the podcast. Yeah. Because any friend of Ken's is a friend of ours. Well, That's right. you have no idea how famous Dave is. Really? Oh, famous yeah. Dave? Oh, very. Okay. Like, well. Nashville Tim level or more? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I, both are friends, so I don't want to try <laughs> yeah, to compare I, I, I and contrast. Mean, I didn't think but, of that all the way through. Sorry but, about that. Uh, but I, I will just say that Dave is is pretty close to legendary status okay. in, in certain circles. Certain circles. Okay. Yeah. Well, number three. Now, Dave, I'm going to have to, I, when I see you next time, I'm assuming you're going to come and visit us sometime. We're going to arm wrestle over this one. Number three, Piggly Wiggly does not, and then in capitals, not meet the criteria to be mentioned as food. That, sir, is culinary blasphemy, to which I say saying that Piggly Wiggly is not food is blasphemy, but just not culinary blasphemy. So we'll have to dig this one out when you see you in person. Arm wrestling match when the two of you meet. No, I like that. Number four, I need to see a picture of you in that costume at the kids' table, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) I already told him if he wants to see that, he needs to show up to church retreat. Which brings us to number five and something very important, church retreat. And so it sounds like Dave is thinking about. Yeah, Dave is doing what I think I would hope that a lot of our maybe yeah. out of, out. Of, I mean, I hope all of the people here in Orlando do too. But uh, for, particularly for some of those of you who are our online viewers or listen just to the podcast, man, we'd sure love to have you show up to our church retreat. Well, that would be great. And, and we do live podcasts there yeah. too, so you can so come not, hang out with us. You yeah. could be on the podcast because <laughs> right. we always have an exactly. open mic. Yep. So definitely plan. Now, Dave is like, hey, I could probably get a flight into... Uh, yeah. Gainesville. Gainesville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm saying if you make this early enough and put some plans in place, it's on wholelife.church slash events. The mark to save the date is there. Yeah. Go there, click on it. It's in April and it'll put it in your calendar. Go check for flights. Randy will come and pick you up from the airport. Someone will Gainesville. I bet you you could even fly like uh, Allegiant flies in between Asheville, North Carolina and Sanford. And it's like a straight shot. And it's like, I think you can get round trip tickets for pretty close to. Doesn't Kalakwa have an airstrip on on site? I mean, I don't know. Or I mean, you could parachute uh, in. I don't know. I mean, there's. But like, no, it's uh, that's is there the, really yeah, an air, the, yeah, airstrip? the airstrip. That's where they put the tents. For, well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you have your private plane. Well, yeah. So you bring your private plane. Something Just to think check about. In. Yeah. So anyway, save the date. Come along, and we would love to meet as many of you as possible. That maybe just podcast listeners, or online, or both. Yep. Maybe not ones that live close to here, but you're definitely family. So we would love to see you and interact with you, and just get to know you better. It's a good time in person. So, one final thing before we jump into this week's message, which is a new series. This is just my personal PSA. With the passing of Thanksgiving, Christmas music is now approved for twenty four seven thirty one day streaming. Anyone done with their gift wrapping as well? Anybody? No? Has anybody started? Gift wrapping? Yeah. You got to be done by now, right? Do you have to have your gifts too? (laughs) 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 No? No? Oh, okay. 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 Let's back up. Anyone got a tree up? Nope. Nope. Wow. 
We have a kitten, and we we have actually really debated <laughs> either putting one up, whether it's worth it to put it up to just have it be destroyed by this cat. Actually, I have a small like, tree. I have two small trees uh-huh. that stay decorated all year long. I just put like a garbage bag over them and stick them in the attic, and then I bring them bring down them to plug them in. Nice. That's smart. You know, I my outdoor plugs. We just moved into this house. My outdoor plugs don't, don't work, work. So mm. I have no way of alerting the neighborhood that I'm feeling festive. Well. Uh, I can think of a few things, but I don't know if that's going to work with plugging things in. But anyway, pro tip from uh, from Melanie, uh, mm. just decorate your trees. Leave them decorated. Like hot glue the stuff together and then just put garbage bags over and put them in the attic. Yeah, I like that. Keeps them from getting dusty. Nice. Oh, God, that's a good idea. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. you you don't ever know what you're going to learn when you come to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never know. But you may now play your Christmas music all How day How big are day. these Christmas trees that you put garbage bags over? Uh, they're about four feet tall. Nice. Okay, that's bigger than I was thinking. That's that's doable, even yeah. for you know apartment living or mm-hmm. that second tree yeah. just for fun or themed trees, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, mine are blue and green. As long as you don't have to plug them into a house outdoors where there's no electricity. I was hanging out with somebody this last week that was bragging. Don't you have a generator. Up. I do have a generator. <laughs> I'm sure my neighbors would rather see my lights and hear my generator than have nothing at all. I'd be curious, like who has the most decorated. House out of our oh, listenership. Yeah. Send we us pictures. See pictures that would be great. Send pictures to podcast at pictures, Hawaii. video, whatever. Inspire us, please. Because yeah, obviously, there's not enough cheer in this room. <laughs> I don't think I've we haven't ever, started shopping yet. I think I, I don't think I've ever decorated the outside of my house for Christmas. Oh, I, my girls don't let me get away with that totally. But I also don't do as much as they would like. So it's kind of a. But I've been bah humbug a little bit. So you yeah, know, whatever. I still buy gifts. No, gifts are mandatory. I mean, that counts. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm making gifts this year. No buying gifts. Well, hmm. I ooh, sh- probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, well, not, you probably have not, to be careful. They're not listening anyway. Say <laughs> <laughs> it on the podcast. is safe. <laughs> yeah. Heather falls asleep as soon as she starts listening. She hears <laughs> my voice and right falls now. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and Ellie, Ellie's been uh, slacking in her, in her listening. So if you're listening, Ellie, too bad. So there you go. You're getting something made this year. No, nice. wait, I did do something else. Well, never mind. Anyway, back to the thing at hand before we totally get off course. First Advent yeah. has lessons for us as we prepare for the second Advent of Jesus' return that we can apply now. And I was like, man, where's he Where's he going with the, with the lessons? And then we'll come back to that in just a second. And you, you went into your story and the coolest thing you've ever been invited to. I said one of the cool things. I, yeah, I would, but what? What was? Is that not the? Is that not the coolest? No. He has children, Randy. Oh well. I was invited to their birth. my friend. Okay, Kyla and, and actually, Eric, well, I would close your ears. I wouldn't even say it was the coolest thing I was invited to as a non-birthing as event. A, no, in in news. What was the coolest thing you've ever been done invited to? Uh, I was the coolest thing I ever was invited to go do was um, to interview President Bush Senior. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, that would there be you that. Go. That would probably be. It was close though with this one, but because the B two, I'm just like, but, come on, who gets that chance? Yeah, but I mean, less people have sat in that plane, a, right? Inter- inter- uh, interviewing a former U.S. president is just pretty. Yeah, I'm, as a reporter on your list of things, is this pretty? But uh, less but, people have probably sat in a cockpit than have you're done probably the, not wrong about been doing that. that, right? That's, <laughs> that you're probably not wrong know. about that. I was thinking about it, like, hmm, maybe. So, although <laughs> the other cool thing, I got to do a catapult takeoff and a. Tail hook landing on an aircraft carrier. That was also oh, come on. pretty wicked. And then my other- You got top gunned? 
Well, uh, see, I, I always I like to just kind of leave off the part where it was on a what's called a cod, a carrier onboard delivery plane, which is basically the mail plane. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, but it's, way. it was still That's a so catapult cool. takeoff That's and it. a tailhook landing. I actually did, actually did two tailhook landings and one catapult takeoff. Nice. Because the second time I was on board, we actually came into port with them. We got to spend a night on board the USS Carl Vinson. Fantastic nice. aircraft carrier. And that is Ken Wetmore, your lead is. pastor at Whole Life Church. <laughs> the Let's other, hear it. The other really fun thing. That is cool, though. Which was I got invited to do is to go play with the Marines because they were practicing embassy evacuations. <laughs> and and they, on Guam? Yeah. Wow. They, yeah, because there's they, there's... Guam is amazing because they have all these buildings that they actually get to kick down real doors and break real windows. Oh, and it's I want to be a Marine now. Anyway, so they they actually asked me to come and report on the training event, but then they also told me that they wanted to actually use me and my videographer as real media, like how they would respond to American media in an embassy evacuation situation. And so we're my videographer and I are out. And I shouldn't be telling stories I can use in sermons later, should I? <laughs> eh, come back for sermons later. Anyway, but it was the, it was the coolest thing because I literally had two Marines literally pick me up <laughs> by my elbows, and just levitate me out to a helicopter, throw me in the back, and um, and then the hel- they the helicopter the back closes and it just shoots straight up in the air like like the best. Right, right. You've ever been on, just straight up in the air, just takes off, and you're looking down over the rioting going down down below. It's awesome. That's awesome. It's pretty wow. cool. Suddenly, I'm just not feeling quite so good about my own bucket list. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've been shooting a little low. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, I, I managed to cross off a whole lot of things in about four years, and then and that's just been downhill. Over. <laughs> but a, a pastor's life isn't quite as uh, exciting, and then no, no, it's more exciting, more, more exciting. exciting. Yeah. Okay, Melanie, you're. Uh, Best thing you've ever been invited to. Oh man, I don't even know. Oh come on. Like, I mean, you've, my you've been children's birth. Over to <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was exciting. <laughs> I mean, besides that, I know. I mean, you've been I mean, invited you were, over. To you our had house. to be there though. You didn't get invited. Yeah, that's, this is true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have been to the Wetmores. Yeah, that's. What? Oh well. Yeah, I don't know. I've been come, to the Wetmores. Come back to me later. Let me think All right. about this. Well, I'll give you, Randy. I'll give you one. And this is, and, and I'm thinking to myself, does that have to do with Green Bay. It does have to do with Green I Bay. Thought it would. And this was, um, it's the only one I could think of, but I didn't start thinking about it till just not that long ago. Anyway, my dad and I both worked at the same company. We did excavating, and. About five years prior to this date, we had dug a basement for one of the largest homes at the time in Green Bay. They actually had to rent concrete forms. There were so many corners in the house. This house was huge. And the reason that both of us remembered it was that the owner at the time would not let us take down any trees. Like we are digging literally for the frost walls and you're digging out roots of trees going, there's no way this tree is going to live. Eventually it's going to fall on the house, but no, no, which makes it a pain to dig because you have no room for machine. You have no room for dirt, any of this. And my dad calls me on my cell phone and says, Hey, it's after work. So I've already worked a full day. And he's like, I need you to come over to King of Arms subdivision. He's like, we're taking down some pretty good sized trees. We're going to load them on the low boy and take them back to the, to the shop. And then we'll pick them up and take them home later. I was like, 
I just left. I'm going home. He's like, no, you're like, you're coming here. So I was super excited um, after working all day to go get <laughs> firewood, right? Yeah. So when I pulled up, though, he didn't bother to tell me. And I'm not sure. I, I don't have to ask him because I don't remember if he knew at the time when I got there or not. But it was Brett Favre's house. Oh, nice. Brett Favre had bought the house, um, you know, off the market a couple years after it was built. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway. So as we walk up to the back where he wanted to put in an outdoor or an indoor racquetball court to the house. So he had all these trees he wanted gone. All the trees we'd worked so hard to save were now cutting down. You know, kind of a bit of irony there. Brett Favre comes out and is like, hey, guys, how's it going? I'll show you what trees I want taken down. And he shook my hand and he nearly broke it. You still haven't washed that hand, have you? Oh, no, I... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of no. obvious. You ought to think about... <laughs> it was... It is the biggest hand by far I've ever shaken in my entire life. And, you know, when he what used to joke about put her in the old vice, he was not kidding. My dad, too, was like, man, he's like, does your hand hurt? I'm like, like, like he really... And he wasn't trying to be goofy. He was just shaking your hand. And so he walked around and then he came back out and said, oh, yeah, leave me some firewood, too. So I had to move the low boy, and then this person is backing out of their driveway, and I don't think they see me, so I, I honk the air horn on the truck to like let them know I'm moving. He comes out, and it's Robert Brooks, who was <laughs> all-pro wide receiver. He was his Brett's next-door yeah. neighbor. So I got to meet both of them, and then they came out, and we hung out. They brought some cold drinks outside for us, and, and we talked and worked, and I got to meet Brett Favre and hang out at his house for a little That's bit. That's pretty cool. And it was pretty cool because he was obviously a – uh, big deal. A, a big deal in Green Bay f- because we'd been such a loser for so Maybe long. Maybe at that point, almost as big as Taylor Swift. Almost. Oh, probably bigger. Probably <laughs> no. bigger. If you've uh, been to Green Bay, uh, you'd know what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, that's right. You guys I've have been, been to Green, Green Bay. Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Okay, <laughs> Melanie, you're up. What's up? Um, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I could swear I've done some cool things, but they're just... <laughs> so I got to fly a seaplane one time in Alaska. You know how to fly? Get, I, no, they just did, they you? just they just let me steer. I was like, man, because uh, oh. you could be picking people up and flying them into Kalakwa. I have another one. Yeah. So I did a temporary job for country music television. Really? Yes. And while I was working for them, uh, my boss walked in, and it was right before Tim McGraw concert. And he walked in. He's like, "Hey, you want to meet Tim?" And I said, "Yes." <laughs> and he said, "Come on back." So we went to Tim McGraw's dressing room, got to hang out with Tim McGraw a little bit. So that was that's fun. very that's cool. very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I met Joey nice. Fatone. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty fun, but you know, we did it. We did a live shoot with him a couple years ago. That was pretty cool. All right. Anyway. Nice. All right. So let's get back to the hand. But well, you know what? If you guys have a cool story of something cool that you've done, it might not be B2 cool or Brett Favre or Tim McGraw cool. Might be cooler. I'd like yes. to know what those are. <laughs> Could very well be cooler. Could very well be cooler. <laughs> Except for the Brett Favre. I mean, it's hard to talk about, but, you know, just saying. (laughs) And then we are not recommending any books today. We're not. We're just not going to do that today. So just wanted to let you know. Listening to a good one right now. (laughs) He's like, oh, forget that. We're going to definitely recommend a book today. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I I haven't been able to let that one go. I apologize. All right. The Wise Men. Wiseman. Why in the world, as we're talking about, you know, the lessons that we can learn from the first advent to apply to our lives as we wait for the second advent, why would the wise man, you said they were likely, they were probably astrologers. Mm-hmm. What in the world were they doing reading Jewish scripture? Was it just because of maybe they'd heard about in Jewish scripture, there was this fable of the star or this story? Because would they have really believed that that was true? 
if they weren't Jewish? I, I was just curious how wh- how they would have come about or how they would have been part of been introduced to it. Maybe. Well, during the um, when the Babylonians conquered Israel, and uh, you know when Daniel and his friends and everybody were 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 brought to Babylon. Um, very likely that um, scriptures went along with them, and mm. uh, so there's some of, some of the theory is that maybe maybe some of those scriptures still existed, and they were studying them along with the other things that they were studying. So they were trying to learn. So when they they would have, I know, like they took things from the temple. Maybe they took the scrolls or scriptures, and mm-hmm. just trying to yeah. learn about Jewish culture, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, it would be it would be a sacred text. I mean, I don't know. I'm totally yeah. conjecture here, but it would have been a sacred text, and so maybe they were studying a variety of sacred texts. No, I'm down for conjecture though, because I think that makes it interesting to think about how that would have happened. Because I was afterwards, I was really thinking, huh, why would how would this come about? Well, Randy, in the book I'm listening to right now, <laughs> oh, that is smooth. There you go. Touche. Um, the uh, and I think I'm trying to remember what the name of the book is because when, oh. li- when you're listening to it, it's I think it's Dominion, I think is oh, the name yeah, of the book. Yeah, I think you um, mentioned that. By, oh, it's bad that I can't remember. the. F- anyway, the guy's an economist, and it's an interesting, he's he's writing um, basically the, the story of Christianity from an economist standpoint. So anyway, it's interesting. Um, but he makes the point that right around the time that Jesus was born, Judaism was a was becoming I mean, a, a popular thing in the world stage hmm. that a lot of the world was moving from kind of a pantheistic outlook towards um, maybe not, maybe there, there are other gods, but that there was one unifying God that was over everything, um, kind of a Zeus type of, of figure. And they were drawn to um, the Jewish religion because of that central deity that was in charge of everything. And, and so he makes the point that that it was, it was actually something that was be kind of coming a little bit more hipster at the time, if you will. Uh, well, cause you know, was... I'd have to rely on him for that. And I'd have to go find the book to, so I can tell you what page it's on. I went and left my cell phone somewhere else. So it's not here with me right now. So I can't really look it up, but it, it was odd that they were only worshiped a single deity, right? It, it really was. Even it was, at that it time. was very, very odd. Um, with that said, um, again, this book is making the argument that it was becoming more in vogue to believe that there was a, a an ultimate ruler of the universe who had created everything and that Judaism had, from a secular or from an outside of Judaism perspective, those outside of it were thought that the, that Judaism had an interesting theory hmm. on on that. So... There's a lot of different theories around who the Magi were, where they where they came from, so on and so forth. But it's the Jewish scriptures had made it themselves around a lot of the world at that point. There was a lot of uh, familiarity, not just in the places where the Jews had been exiled, but in other places around the world too. These things had had kind of made their way around, and people, uh, particularly wealthy people, um, who were interested in philosophy and kind of thinking about things. Hmm. And it would not be at all, you know, just you, th- you think about when a, a very important, like a Mother Teresa passes away or when a there's a, a royal wedding or something like that. And p- dignitaries from all the, over the world will come together to be present 
to represent their country, to, to show their support or, you know, whatever. And so back then, that was not uncommon either, that if there was a new king that was born in a, in a particular country, that you would send representatives from your country to, to show respect to that, that country. Hmm. And if these magi believe that a new king of the Jews had been born, then it was appropriate for them to show up on behalf of their country and, and say, hey, congratulations, good job, good luck you know, to this new person. So they must have been a little bit surprised. And they must have had quite a bit of faith when they found this baby. Um, and nobody else. And, and really nobody else. And, 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 you know, in very humble circumstances. Well, but the faith that we're talking about here, I'm glad, I'm glad you just said that because I, I, I mean, we all know the story or many of us know the story of, of how this all comes down. And you mentioned like, all right, who was there? Who, who got the invitation to be there? And I've never thought of Joseph and Mary getting the, <laughs> the invitation to be there yeah. along with some other people like the, what was it, Anna? Anna and Simeon. And, and Simeon. I mean, I guess you read it, but you just don't think of it in that term, even though those are lesser known names. But when you think of Joseph and you got pretty blunt in the message was just like, look, what person, what guy here today is like, oh, my fiance just told me that she's pregnant and well, we haven't had sex. So that means, but, but it's okay because it's the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, you think about how Joseph was told and that was enough for him and how she was told and that was enough for her. And if you stop and think about it in that, in that, in that context, I'm not sure I'm showing up if if it's me. Cause I, and maybe, cause I don't, I don't even think at that time, I mean, he would have still felt everything, societal pressures and Mm. family pressures, just like we would now. I mean, I don't think that part has changed in their culture. Like it was still, Obviously, a big no-no. I think. Oh well, to be like, pregnant. Yeah, I would wedlock. say it would be an even bigger no-no. Back well, in that time, and yeah, place maybe because at least in Jewish scripture, the death penalty was well, that's was true. possible yeah. for for that sort of thing. That just, and then when you stop to think about, okay, the, the priests were invited. <laughs> where you know, where were they? The shepherds are telling people, the townspeople, and it just becomes almost when you mention the wise men, the wise men of all people show up. I mean, I guess if you're the shepherds and the angels are telling you, that's pretty supernatural and that's pretty cool. And it was and pretty close. Fr- and frightening and, yeah, close. Yeah, it was pretty close. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. you know, they were in the hills above Bethlehem. It wasn't, by some accounts, the, the Magi may have traveled a year yeah. to get there. But they were, but that's a whole lot of faith that you're going to, I mean, imagine taking a journey that far on camel or foot or whatever and just to meet a dignitary yeah i mean i get these i mean that makes the astrology part seem like a stretch where it's like well we see this star so we should probably go check it out and i mean are they are they i imagine the conversation that's leading to this i'm i'm just thinking about what i and and again it's hard to know from i'm not a wise man or a dignitary from that time frame but but, it seems like a but what would make you travel a year, if you had the means, you know, and clearly these are not poor people. So no, these no. are not, not, this is not a group of poor people who are traveling for a year to get somewhere. The, the, the Magi would have had the res- financial resources that, to make that kind of a trip. And bring gifts of gold. And bring gifts yeah. of gold, frankincense, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and myrrh. But all that to say, though, 
if you did have the resources, what would make it worth it for you to travel for a year or, or whatever the amount of time was, probably a very significant amount of time, to to be somewhere? You would have to really believe that the person that you were going to go honor was really worth it. So do you think that they really understood, I mean, the implications of who Jesus was or would be as the Messiah and... I believe that the author of uh, it's uh, boy, my brain always freezes up. It's Luke, right? That like no, it's Matthew. 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 Oh, right, right, Ma- okay. Matthew is, has a story. I believe that that Matthew definitely makes it, it. Matthew definitely says, in my opinion, the way that Matthew does things is he really makes it obvious that that he believed that the that the uh, magi understood who Jesus was. Hmm. Is there anything else historically that tells us about them? Nothing. No Josephus in our corner mm-hmm. this time to nope. give us a little extra light on things. Just just what we have in Matthew? Yeah, Matthew is Matthew is very intent on making Jesus the king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Very intent and and the Messiah Okay. Very intent in proving his kingship, and therefore that's what I mean when I say that he that he really wanted the reader to hear that. I mean that's what the that's what the wise men and the, the magi say when they show up. Where is the king of the Jews? We have mm. seen his star rise. Did they understand that that Jesus was God? I think Matthew wants you to believe that. Okay that they may not have understood all the ins and outs of it, but that they had this idea that it was more than just the normal king being born. Um, And that it was because, again, in order to really be a legitimate Messiah and king of the Jews, you needed to have the the pomp and circumstance that would have gone with with that. And, And having this august group of foreigners show up is part of that. And it's also part of some of the scriptures in the in the Old Testament that it, that it says that nations will come to the rising of your glory. I believe that's Isaiah sixty one, maybe. In the context of the invitation again, again, I didn't, I haven't thought about it that way, and it's really made me kind of look in, in at this a little bit differently. But you know, you talked about Elizabeth and Zachariah, and again, the the, the priests, the rulers, the townspeople, and all those excuses that you think might have been, could have been, would have been, and then the fact that the wise guys show up. Did I say wise guys? You did say I the wise guys. Wise guys. <laughs> that the wise men do all this traveling and they do all this. And you think, man, how could you have missed this amazing thing? But then you go, yeah, the shepherds, I probably, yeah, probably wouldn't have thought maybe their opinion was yeah. meant all that much. And well, yeah, another like the townspeople. Yeah, another day, another Messiah sighting. Well, there's that, and but the priests and the rulers, obviously, they should have known. I mean, they knew, right? Like this is this was scriptural. They should have known that this was happening. And it's easy to throw rocks and go, "Yeah, you guys totally missed it. It was obvious." And then you go, "Yeah, I probably. <laughs> I'm not so sure that I would have been any better." And then I think, man, I. It really makes you stop and think about what you think you know or what you think, how well you think you're prepared for Jesus to come back when you 
go, man, life stinks sometimes. Jesus, please come back. And then they wonder, man, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be praying quite so earnestly until I'm, <laughs> until I feel like maybe I'm a little more ready or a little more like, I'm not going to miss this either. Am I going to, am I going to screw this up? Like the first dad, like these guys did for the first advent. Maybe I'm worrying too much, but it just seemed like a logical, a logical question to ask considering how easy it was or seemingly easy it was to miss it the first time. Oh, no, no. Yes. No. I thought you were. (laughs) (laughs) No, we, we've just had this conversation before about, um, different ways to look at the Hebrew scriptures and the, the uh, messianic prophecies that, that from the Christian perspective, the messianic prophecies from a Jewish perspe- perspective, the prophecies are pointing to something different. So that's, that's why I was smiling. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to tell us about the little drummer boy, why he, how he made it. Yes. I was <laughs> going to tell you about the little drummer boy. Okay. Well, I was waiting cause I've, I've often wondered. <clears throat> yeah. And Mary why. said, please take that drum somewhere else. Oh, I just got him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. My favorite Christmas song, favorite Christmas song of all. That's, the only reason I threw that in there, but there you go. All right, let's get to some questions because we had a ton of them. But first off, I wanted to give now this is this is how you know that your family at Whole Life Church. We had Katura Smith say, Happy Sabbath from Fort Worth, Texas. Atara Smith is my aunt. Yay. Nice. In the chat, checking out Aunt Atara. Yeah. And then Candy Red said, Atara is my little sister. I just love her. She sent us the link to watch today. Yay, Atara. So I'm just like, okay, you podcast people are sending out episodes for people to listen to. You guys that are all watching online, you're sending out links for people to watch, which that is great. We love to have more and more people to do that. So I think that was amazing. And um, Fletcher Hamilton, it was his first time in the chat. He, he was responding to Matthew, our online worship host, and he said, thank you. Been meaning to join sooner, but today is my first day in the live chat. Loving it. Nice. So, you know, Fletcher, we're excited that you are a part nice. of the chat as well because it just makes it – there's like a whole sub-community yeah. that happens there yeah, every it's a, week. It's a, it's a whole group, and, and people get used to talking to each other every week, and it's, yeah. it's kind of a cool thing. It's like 15 minutes before we go live. There's people checking in. Joe leads everything off nearly every week from the UK, which we appreciate. Gets everybody warmed up, both services, by the way. And then usually for a couple minutes afterwards, and then you can still sneak a question in there for us here on the podcast, which the first, um, oh, one other thing I wanted to catch. Aaron asked, did the lighting project get completed? And so mm. I, and then part of that, I wanted to answer two part. She had some giving questions about where you find those kinds of things on our giving page, mm-hmm. which Matthew was so kind to give her the link and where you can find nice. the different pieces. So, uh, but I wanted to throw it out there. If you know, you are welcome to be a part of those campaigns, a part of giving. If, you know, Ken says, if you feel like what we're doing, if we're accomplishing our mission, you're about our mission and you're part of our family, then please do. And if not, then just, you know, let that go and, and see how. But then let us know how we might be able to help you be feel a part yeah. of that community and mm-hmm. be a part of that. So, yeah, I appreciate that question. So did Matthew answer it? Matthew because did. We're on with the lighting project. We are. I think last I checked, we were just about $1,800 short mm-hmm. uh, on fully funding it. So because we were so close and also because of um, just some great conversations with some really wonderful people, we feel confident it's going to be funded. Maybe a few of you are thinking right now you're, you're going to help us finish it, and that'll be great. But we've actually already 
went ahead and, and purchased it. Um, Faith. <laughs> and it is two-thirds installed and about one-third left to go. And so we will be debuting the new system officially mm. on uh, December 16, on Saturday, December 16, mm-hmm. for our big Christmas program at the church. And I'm pretty excited for uh, Abel and his his team to yeah. show off what uh, what each one of you have helped make happen here. Yeah. I am too. Boy, the difference is amazing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Even with only two thirds done, it is amazing. I, I think it's going to gonna be great, especially for people who are watching online. Yeah, it's, it's going to help a lot. This, the visibility is going to be so much better. I think. So we appreciate you engaging that way, Aaron. Though, if you do have any questions at all, just send me an email. I know you have the address podcast at wholelife.church. I get emails from you fairly regularly. Send me an email, and I will connect you with Karen if there is any question left yep. on that, or anyone. Just send us an email. We'll get you through to the right person if there's something specifically you'd think, like to know or like yeah. to give to. And if you didn't get a chance to watch the service this week, I thought that uh, John Monday did a really great job during our uh, call for the offering of kind of just explaining a little bit of the way that uh, finances work here at Whole Life Church. He made a a great point that I think maybe people who are are new to like the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, and really honestly, I think a lot of people who are not new who've been in the Seventh-day Adventist denomination aren't particularly aware of, and that um, in a lot of churches when when tithe is given and offerings are given, they all kind of go into one pot. In the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, uh, tithe goes to a uh, to the organization that's over um, a region, which is called a conference. And uh, so, in our conference, I, I can't remember. There's I can't remember how many hundreds of churches are in the Florida conference, but there's there's several. Um, and so all the tithe goes there, helps pay for the salaries of, of pastors at our church. There are four pastor salaries that are paid by that. Also goes to provide resources and support to churches, provides money to do outreach in communities, um, and the churches can kind of apply to get those monies back later on. But really what most, um, you know, what our church survives off of, the, the way that we fund the other staff, the um the other amazing projects like our our um, barn party, our community service day, that all gets funded through our church budget. So we're we're pretty dependent on um, people believing in in the mission and, and actually giving to that church budget. So I appreciated John sharing that. And you know, as you're thinking, some of you are thinking about that. It's an interesting statistic that probably only about twenty to thirty percent of people who attend church actually financially support it. Um, and so. If, if you're not supporting Whole Life Church and you believe in our mission, I just invite you just to think about whether this is something that you would, you know, be able to find some room in your budget for uh, when it comes to supporting what we're doing. If you believe in what we do, if you don't believe in it or you're not sure about us, uh, that, this is no ask for you on that because I, I don't believe people should give money to things they don't believe in. So... I do believe you should be giving money to something you believe in, though. It's a good practice to do something that that benefits and makes the world a better place. So I hope that you're giving somewhere to something that you believe in. Absolutely. And it was funny that you mentioned that because I thought John did an amazing job of that in this in this as well. And I was actually thinking of cutting that and adding that to our giving page on the website because it was so succinct and Mm -hmm. really wrapped everything up really nicely. All right, so let's get to the questions. I think we have covered the rest of just the comments. And so back to Erin, we'll start with you. She said, I struggle with knowing what is God sending his answer or if I'm jumping the gun and what seems in the moment to be the answer turns out not to be. How do I know the difference? How to know the difference? Yeah, it's such a good question. 
And I believe, I think we talked about it during first service a little bit, and you can kind of go back and see. Maybe maybe instead of me saying anything, maybe we'll just throw it over to Melanie and see what her thoughts are, since I kind of already said something about that during first service, I think. Well, I think I was running out to do something in the lobby when you gave your answer, so <laughs> hopefully I'll That's okay. The Let's see if they thing. match up. <laughs> no, really, I think, I, well, first of all, that sounds like a, I mean, the question itself is is uh, kind of vague, but I think it's probably attached to something maybe personal that isn't shared, so it's really hard to answer, you know, a question like that. But I think that my inclination is that, um, you know, it, this is not like a, a one time and done situation. Like if you're, mm. if you're on a journey and you're in a relationship, then, you know, then I don't think you have to worry about missing that one, one moment. You know, I, I think that, that, uh, God comes around and around and around and around with us. Wow. No, I think you're, I think you're right. It, it does get, I think it gets a little easier. Well, not always easier. It depends on the question and on the situation, but I think it's easier to trust what you're you get used to hearing or what you get used to feeling when you're sure that God is answering you. You know, another part of it for me is that I just I tell I tell God, look, I want to do what you want me to do, but I'm uh, you know I'm not always sure <laughs> what that is, and yeah. so for me, I just I there's been some times where I'm just uh, I just don't know. I don't I have no idea, but it's a big decision. Sure. And, and so for me, what I've just gotten to the point of doing is telling God, look, this is the direction my brain is telling me to go in after I've kind of weighed things out. This is the direction I think I need to go. But if I'm going in the wrong direction, then please close the doors and don't let me, don't let me go somewhere that you don't want me to be. Um, help it, help me to not do it if it's not what you want, but but I'm going to use the, you know, the intelligence that you gave me to move in this direction because that's, that's the way it it's seeming to me. Uh, and there's been other times where I've very clearly felt God saying, hey, this is the right thing this to do. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I, I, I believe in an infinite God. And I, I think that there's maybe not just one way. I don't, I, this is his analogy. Did you ever see the movie, The Adjustment Bureau? Yeah. Where if, you know, different people sort of had different paths, but if that person deviated from a path, then the path changed. And it was like this whole big grid of changing paths. And, and it made me think at that time when I saw that, huh, I wonder if that's how, <laughs> yeah. how yeah. God's plans work. You know, there's this, this infinite sort of miniature adjustment on, on so many different levels. I don't know. Who knows? And I'd like to go back to what Melanie just said to start this whole thing off. If you, if you go down the wrong path and you, you've been praying about it, you've been sincere about it, you go down the wrong path, God is more than capable of getting you, you. back to where you need to be. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible really reassures us that, um, what I can't remember where the text is found, but it says that whoever, basically, whoever's seeking me, I will know why is cast out. In other words, God says basically, if if that's the, you know that's another verse. If you seek me with all your heart, you will surely find me. It's not maybe you'll find me. If you're sincerely seeking God, you just don't have to. You don't have to spend a lot of time. And actually, again, I'll be talking about that a little bit in the next sermon that I'm I'm doing on this because I think that there are a lot of people who li really live in fear that they're one bad decision away from going from to hell, going, yeah. and that they're they're sincerely seeking God, but they're afraid that they're going to make the wrong decision. God's going to have had enough of them and be like, well, you know, sorry that you got tricked. And you know, that's another thing that you'll hear in theology is that you know. That Satan's going to, you know, will deceive you, and then you'll you'll be lost because you you couldn't, you know, basically figure out the riddle of truth. And um, 
I think that that introduces some really unnecessary fear into some people's lives that does Satan deceive? Absolutely he does. And, but Satan is not capable of deceiving someone who's sincerely seeking after God. It's not, and that's, by the way, what the rest of the text says, that um, when it's talking about it, it says that uh, he would, basically that the deceiver would deceive even the very elect of God, and then it says, if that were possible. That's how, you know, the deception will be so big that it would deceive even the elect, if that were possible. If that, yeah. It's not, you know, anyway. Well, and plus, you know, I mean, I think about my own kids. What in the world would they have to do for me to stop loving them? Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. And yet somehow, I mean, and even Jesus says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, more. will you? You know, so so I think um, just the idea that, that I would show up for my kids again and again and again and again, and the idea that maybe God doesn't have that capacity seems... It seems, Small. A, little, seems yeah. a little hard to think too that God is going to just is basically paying this, you know, great cosmic mystery room, you know, yeah. where it's like, <laughs> good luck, know, everyone. Yeah. It's like, sure hope you can get out in an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to give you, you know, you've, you've called in for your three clues. You're, you're out of clues. Uh, good luck. Figure out the rest of it yourself. Uh, you know, no parent's going to do that to their child, and I just don't believe in all in a God that just kind of leaves us and goes, well, I sure hope you can figure out the mystery, but um, I'm not going to be giving you any more clues because I'm kind of getting tired of it. Um, I, I just don't I don't see that. It's just not consistent with what I see in Scripture whatsoever. And yet I think a lot of people still feel that way. It was just a... Um there was a post on Facebook about a week ago of this very question about people that have been or that still have fears and they have anxiety over the fact that they were raised and taught and still can't shake that feeling that if I haven't somehow figured it out, I haven't remembered to ask for forgiveness because I did this, that, or the other. And then Jesus comes and it's like, oh man, you were so close. I wish you could have just just done that one more thing. And then that would have been it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I, from what, what I believe and what I know of, of Jesus and of God, that it just doesn't, it doesn't compute to me. What I know doesn't equal someone that's that punitive. That's like, Oh man, that was close. You ran a heck of a race. I mean, if you hadn't tripped at this, at the finish line and just not quite gotten your pinky over, I could have saved you, but Nah, well. I want to validate that feeling, though, that that sense that um, I mean, people have experienced spiritual trauma that oh, has yeah. been, no, that has been you know, um, pushed on them. And there are people that still have spiritual woundings that end up being a default. Um, I mean, I, I default to fear and anxiety, even if I tell myself cognitively, you don't believe this, you know, you believe in <laughs> no, this it's true. God, it's like, true. but, but there are triggers that will send me right back to fear and anxiety and I have to talk myself back out of it. So I don't, I want to validate, you know, people who are Absolutely. having that experience and, and, you know, there are people who will, who are trained to talk you through some of those things and help you, help you with it. Particularly, I found that if it's family. That someone that you you trust or someone that's an elder that believes that or still struggles with that, when they speak in that way, you think, man, maybe 
maybe I'm like too progressive in my thought of what God is, or I'm too far ahead, or I just don't understand enough. And I, I should be more grounded in whatever they're grounded in. Cause man, that would stink to, to do and think you're all this and then just come up short. That'd be horrible. So I can see why that you're definitely legitimate in, in, in that thought process that it's easy to fall back into. All right. Okay. Now, there, a couple of these questions kind of follow the same theme. So I'm going to ask them. And then if we've already kind of covered it, let's, you know, we can kind of sure. fall back on those answers because a lot of them are similar. So I think we've kind of can, can kind of struck a nerve in the same place for a lot of people. This one was from Anonymous. It says, the Bible says that in the end there will be false Christs and we will be told, come and see. How do we know whether we are coming to see what God wants us to see? Well, again, having that relationship with Jesus to start off with is is most important. And then, you know, studying your Bible, understanding what the Bible has to say about these things, that's also very important. As Seventh-day Adventists, we don't believe in in the rapture. We don't believe that Christ is going to come down here and set up a kingdom on earth for a thousand years before before taking us to heaven. Uh, we we believe that Christ will return, and the dead will be the dead in Christ will be raised, and then those who are alive will ascend with with them to heaven. And so, one of the things I just say is if you if you have questions about that. Definitely find one of our pastoral team and let's do some studying with you and let's let's point you towards some resources that can help you with that. And I would tell you, I do think that I, I do think that one of the things I hope that you've heard is is sincerely seeking Christ. If you if you don't have a whole lot of interest in Christ and you're not really paying attention and you don't really want to have a relationship with Him, I'd, I'd invite you to have that relationship with with Christ to to search for it to put put the time. And the, I hate using the word effort, but let's go ahead and just say that a little bit. It's it's like any other relationship in life. If you don't invest time and effort into a relationship, it they don't work. Whether that's relationship with your children, relationship with a spouse, relationship with friends. Now, I will say I do have some friends that we talk once about every three years, and when we get together, it just kind of picks up where it left off. But I think that's one of the keys to, to think about. For us, it always picks up where it left off. It hasn't deepened. It hasn't It hasn't grown. It just – and so I have a couple of my friends that my wife just shakes her head and says, like, every time you're together, it's like you're back in high school because that's that's where we left our relationship. And so whenever we pick up, that's what we have in that's common. Yeah. And so, you know, my encouragement to you is – Grow that relationship with Christ. Let it deepen. Let it move beyond high school. Let it move beyond maybe some of the bad ideas that you were raised with. If you're like me, I was raised with some really bad ideas, and it wasn't my parents' fault. They were doing the best they could with what they understood and what they knew sure, at that yeah. time. So, But I can tell you that I've watched my parents' faith grow and change, and I don't think that if they had things to do over, I think they would probably do things slightly so differently different, yeah. with, with, with some ideas and things. And, you know, this is one of the things I'll, you know, again, I'm going to talk about this next week, but I, I remember as a child being very terrified of Christ's return, just really terrified. Yeah, um, me too. And uh, to the point of having nightmares about it on a pretty regular basis. And if, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes some parts of Christianity spend more time obsessing over 
the pain of childbirth and how bad it's going to hurt. And that's where their focus on childbirth is at as opposed to the joy of a baby being born. And that, you know, a good medical team will help you through that childbirth. And there will be parts that may be unpleasant. But the joy of that child is what you want to focus on, the joy of a, of a new birth. And I think the same thing is so true when it comes to Jesus' return that just let's let's put our, our, our focus on the joy of, of Jesus returning and then trust him to get us through whatever comes before that. Well, and I'm listening to a, a podcast right now that's a story about some people who um, were fooled into believing uh, a, a particular conspiracy uh, that someone propagated on purpose. It was they knew it was false, and they propagated it on purpose. And then a lot of people got on board with it, and were you know were defending it, and were trying to trying to do what they felt was right. But then evidence, you know, evidence starts to emerge that oh, ooh, this isn't right. And I think one of the things that it, it, it's not that none of us are above being fooled by something, but when we encounter evidence that falsifies, you know, what we thought we understood. You can always change your mind. Definitely. You can always say, oh, you know what? Ooh, I believe that for a minute, but now I see that, that that wasn't right, and now I can shift gears. So so even if you do go out to see something that you think maybe what God is, is doing, and then you check it out and you say, ooh, you know what? This is not it. You can always shift gears. All right. I hate to throw a monkey wrench in here because we have a, a ton more questions to go, but eventually someone's going to be wrong. There's, what, 6,000 different Christian denominations in the world, and we all believe something a little bit differently. So when I think of it, I think of myself as an Adventist and what I believe, and then I think of your Baptist friend or your uh, your Catholic friend or whichever denomination, and at some point, whether it's – whether the – an Adventist belief is wrong or a Catholic belief is wrong, or it does, I don't want to necessarily say wrong, but our idea of what it is supposed to be through our interpretation doesn't turn out to be the way it actually happens. That's the part that I get stuck on when people are like, well, how can we have all these differences of opinion? It just doesn't matter. You just have to love Jesus. But I think then that that just makes it a little bit like, well, then there's no there's no need for me to study. There's no need so, for that relationship. So the question is, is is salvation based on what you believe or on who you love? It's definitely who you love. I agree. And then if it's based on who you love, beliefs do matter because the way we believe impacts the way that we go about the relationship that we're in. And you can have a much better relationship with a healthy belief set than with an unhealthy belief set. But I will here's here's what I what set the Seventh day Adventist denomination for since one of our founders, Ellen White, woman I believe was inspired by God. Ellen taught, and the Seventh day Adventist Church has gone with this based on other biblical evidence. But Ellen said that there would be people in heaven who've never even heard the name of Jesus. What does that tell you? It tells you, to me, something that I think is beautiful about God, that that God's not going to go ahead and just keep a whole bunch of people out of heaven because they weren't born in the right place at the right, right. time, and that that God looks at the heart of a person, 
And so you said that there's so many different denominations out there, Christian-wise, with so many different beliefs. There are, and there are a lot of people out there that love Jesus with their whole heart, and they have a belief system in Christian terms that I disagree with, but I believe that they love Jesus, I believe that they're sincere, and I believe that Jesus honors sincere love. And the reason why we have beliefs and the reason why there are commandments is so that we can have a better, happier, more fulfilling life and interactions with each other and interactions with God. That's what the purpose of beliefs are for. And the good news of the gospel is that Christ died for all of us. And it's that the salvation is about who you love, not just what you believe, because that was that's basically the way every other religion in the world is. It's about what you do. Uh, I had a good rabbi friend of mine who used to love to say, he goes, Christianity is a religion of creed. Judaism is a religion of deed. And basically, Judaism, and what he, he taught was that Judaism really focuses on doing the right thing. And by doing the right thing, you earn favor with God, you earn favor with man. Christianity doesn't teach that. Christianity teaches that you don't gain, you know, Paul pretty clearly says we don't, we aren't, God doesn't like us better because we're a better person. We do more, which was very, that's a 180 from what he'd grown up with as in his Pharisee sect. He said, no, rather we are saved by Christ through faith. And, and that's what I mean by we're saved by who we love, yeah. that, that faith that we have in Christ. And so I knew that was the answer that Ken was going to give us. But I also I've heard that just recently from some people that I really care about that differ in opinion with me. And I think you all listen once in a while. And I hope if you <laughs> I hope you just heard because that was uh, not verbatim what I said. But I just wanted also, because I feel like that's where, and after being in this discussion on Facebook recently, so many people had it down to who's right and who's wrong. And to break it down when you when you feel that way, it, it gives, well, to hear, me, that brings you, yeah. it brings you peace. I hear people all the time say, well, we're not saved by what we do, but. <laughs> well, then, then we're not, but if you put a but you've just you've just negated everything that comes before it so either you believe or saved by faith or you don't and if you don't that's your right to believe i would argue that the scriptures in the new testament in particular really run counter to that idea that you're that you're being saved by what you do I would argue that within our Seventh-day Adventist denomination that I'm happy to be a part of, it runs counter to what that what the, what the church came to understand, particularly in 1888, the Seventh-day Adventist church came into an understanding of. And unfortunately, our human default is to want to go back to stuff that is chiseled in stone and a black and white... Do this, don't do that, and if you do this, you earn this, and if you do that, you'll earn that, as opposed to Paul, that the free gift of God is life, and it's not what we do, it's who we love, it's 
where our hearts are pointed toward. Melanie? I was just thinking that there's, I mean, there's quite a difference between what we read in the gospel record about what Jesus spent time talking about and then the kinds of things that Paul and some of the New Testament authors wrote to the churches who are having specific issues. And um, I don't believe in some kind of merit-based system where you have to know, oh, good, I I did a good deed, that's worth 10 points, you know. (laughs) I don't believe in that. But I also, I think that, that who you are and what you do matters because I would rather spend time with a good human being who has strong ethics and wants to do the right thing versus someone who believes what they think is right but doesn't. <laughs> but doesn't. But doesn't have the, but doesn't have the, the sort yeah. of uh, ethical, internal ethical impulse. I think that comes with just being a good person. So, so yeah. I mean, I agree with you that it's, this is not some kind of meritocracy. But, but I also think that belief, belief doesn't necessarily make you a good person. Right. Oh no. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think that what to to think about that. And be confident, though, that God is big enough that no matter what you believe in earnestly and, and that you love and you're chasing after and you're studying and you're, you're loving that relationship that you're growing, whether there's bits and pieces that you're not going to get right over the course of it. I mean, there's got to be pieces all of us are going to get wrong in some way, shape or form, whether in the grand scheme of things, because we just don't know enough about God in all of all of his glory that we could possibly ever know all of it, but he said he would be here to, and he gave his life for all of us. I think beliefs are helpful for organizing your thinking. Okay. Um, so that, that's, that's the function that I think beliefs, beliefs have to help us process and think about things. But I also think that because it's a relationship versus, you know, just an intellectual assent to, you know, a, a set of propositions that, you have to you have to let those organizing beliefs be loosely loosely held enough that when you come into contact with it, what you think may be a truer truth, you're willing to make that adjustment. <laughs> that is Oleg. <laughs> I will have to apologize. Someone is working on my office currently. Next door, so this that's is my Oleg fault. pounding in case you're wondering. Yeah, I think sometimes it becomes a little bit of a semantic game, but if I told you that I loved my mom and you hear me constantly screaming at her <laughs> and not being kind to her, you'd start to question whether I really love my mom. Sure. And so I think that sometimes when we start getting into this beliefs versus faith type of discussion, it goes back to what, you know, James James and Paul seem to kind of go at each other, you know, Paul is like, we're saved by faith, not by what we've done. And James is like, come on, give me a break. Show me what you're doing and I'll tell you what you believe. Um, <laughs> and and I think that both of them are right. If you really love somebody, you want to do the things that, that they that matter to them. You want to, you want to do kind things. You want to do loving things for them. It's anybody can say all day long, well, I love you, Ken. And every, if they, every time they pass me, they punch me in the face. I just, you know, after probably the first time I'm starting, I just don't buy it really. (laughs) Um, And so, and so, you know, to agree with what Melanie is saying, yeah, our beliefs do organize things and they do matter and they do, you know, play into who you'd rather spend time with. Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the ugliest things out there are people who, you know, <laughs> who maybe I'm more like than I want to be at, 
than I want to be, but the people who talk a good talk about loving Jesus but aren't very kind to the world around them and, and don't exhibit the kind of characteristics that we see dis- being described as love in 1 Corinthians 13. Absolutely. Well, see, now I, I said I didn't want to go down the throw monkey wrenching. But we did. That, but we you did. threw a monkey wrench down the rabbit hole. I did. Hole. Down the, I <laughs> so way I down did. the rabbit hole. So, all right. So we're gonna we're hanging out a little bit longer than normal, and that's okay because I feel like ever since I've bumped into that and a few people these over the last couple of weeks, and I I really hate to see people struggle with that question because I struggled with it for a really long time, and before it just worked out between me and God about how we approached our relationship. Man, it was it was disconcerting and it was second guessing. And I'm I'm not saying I'm not unlike Melanie where every so often I have to be like, whoa, 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 back up, brother. That's not what you believe, and that's not what we know God wants. And and I have to do that same thing. But I think it just it's worth reiterating that you know the relationship and who you love is is the point in that it's okay to have this, you know, worry about it once in a while and do that, but really to to know that it's not about all the other pieces, and uh, that brings that brings me peace, and I hope it does to anyone listening that would have that same question. Okay, um, next question. <laughs> this might be my favorite. Did Jesus have Mary and Joseph's DNA, or Mary's and the Holy Spirit's DNA? I'm so happy you asked that, and I was just relieved after the church service was Did over. Did someone come and tell you I, what it is? I have the answer because I was I I went and talked to a group that included a gynecologist and wow yeah OBGYN <laughs> and okay. a Old Testament um, scholar all right so I, I, I'm I'm happy with these results so the Let's, consensus that... in the group was that Jesus had Mary's DNA but not Joseph's well, that seems logical I mean how would he have gotten Joseph's so Jesus had the Holy Spirit's DNA and Mary's DNA. Huh. That's that's very interesting. Because if it was just Mary's, then Jesus would be a woman. Can you even do that? Doesn't it have know. to doesn't there have to be both? I don't know. I think guess we need to bring the, the need obstetrician to... <laughs> and the gynecologist in on the next I'm podcast. no expert on this stuff. I am just reporting back to you. <laughs> to you what I've been told by what? experts. Yes. So what do you think? So, I don't know. I'm kind of digging the idea of a couple of chromosomes that really throws speaking of munchy, monkey wrench. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that makes perfect sense. And it, and really, if you think about it that way, because I'm like, well, I kind of was thinking that myself. I was like, well, it's gotta have he's gotta have Mary. I had to have had Mary's DNA, but how cool would it be if some, even if the Holy Spirit is not something that we can think of in the form of Jesus here on earth, human being, the fact that somehow DNA is spiritual, is cosmic, is all the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That is part of the Godhead that the, that the, that the, the, the male chromosome needed to do this was from the Holy Spirit. That is amazing. Though maybe he didn't have Mary's DNA at all, and it was like all this Holy in Spirit? vitro fertilization situation where it was where she was just a surrogate. She was just she wow. Was a surrogate. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I don't oh, know. Oh man, we better I, so interesting. I really do. I, I will. I actually really like their answer. It works with what I because uh, within our denomination, our denomination's theological circles, we believe that Jesus was all God and all human. 
and that's the mystery of 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 who God is that or who Jesus was that he was completely divine and yet completely human all at oh, the same man. time. That's cool. All right. Question from Anonymous. The Magi were not Jewish. Does God speak through and to people of all faiths still today? Yes. Absolutely. Melanie, can yes. we make that a consensus? Yes. All right. That's three for three. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. <laughs> all right. Next, another Anonymous uh, said, might those who didn't accept the invitation to come and see the baby Jesus have been given another chance later in life? And if so, do we know any examples of it in scripture? I love that question. And I don't think that we have anything in scripture that says thus and so was invited, didn't show up, but later on showed up. With with that asterisk on it, I think Nicodemus is a really good candidate um, mm. for somebody who may have had the opportunity to hear about or who may have met the Magi um, and then and not gone and seen the baby Jesus. And then later on, uh, you know, Jesus in John 3 spends some time with Nicodemus. He doesn't really take the opportunity at that point either. But after Jesus dies, uh, along he comes. And he actually stands up for him in the Sanhedrin as well. But anyway. So when Nicodemus's position... Maybe is what you're thinking. No, no, that they just would have Nicodemus just, the person, like that he would have met the Magi, though. Yeah, would that would have been like why they would have met? Because well, it's he completely was in the possible. Let's go ahead and just use me as an example. Right now, I'm 48 years old, and Jesus would have the Magi would have shown up right around when Jesus was a year and a half to two years old, probably. So, you know, 28 years later, you know, you do a little bit of math. It's not incomprehensible that a well-to-do person in that time and that place who had access to to better food, better health care, could have lived into their 70s or 80s. And it's completely possible that, you know, that, you know, uh, Nicodemus at, at 30 years of age could have been a part of the Sanhedrin, possibly. Um, and then 60, you know, when he's, you know, 58, 60, he could have Again, Jesus you know, seeing Jesus, and, and so that's plausible. It's a, it's a, it's a possible thing. Sure, is, did it happen? We, there's no proof in the Bible that it did, and but it's something interesting to think about. And I do believe, based on the story of Nicodemus, based on the story of Joseph of Arimathea, that God is big on giving people second, third, and fourth opportunities, and beyond four too. Okay, wow, he's really what, what's he installing over there? By the way, he's. <laughs> Apparently, for liability pur- purposes, they would like my shelves, since they reach all the way to the ceiling, to be attached to the wall. So he is yeah. currently attaching them to the wall. So you don't die by avalanche of books. And exactly. Book Although that's not a bad way to go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Melanie's if like, Melanie goes, that's how she wants to. That's I want to, how she I want to go in the Harley, but she wants to go in, in, in her, at her <laughs> desk. Actually, it books. makes sense for both of you, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't decided how I want to go yet. <laughs> Ken right. wants to be translated. <laughs> No, I actually I won't even say it on the air. I'll tell you guys off. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I think we've I think we've answered this, but how do we tune our hearts without how do we tune our hearts while also understanding that it's all God's work, not ours? Yeah, I'd say refer back to earlier in the podcast. Early in the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think we answered that one pretty clearly. Okay. Now the final one was the teaser that John gave us. Uh, at the end of second service and said, if you wanted the answer, you had to tune into the podcast. So here we go. What if we show up late to the manger? Oh, can I just refer you back to what I just said about Nicodemus and Joseph? <laughs> 
there you go. That's it. All right. We have taken care of. Oh, you know, but the only thing I would say about that is the real, the real sad thing for me on that is that if you get the opportunity, you, you always. So, so I talked about being able to sit in the in probably this. I should have said this would be probably a good follow up. I had the opportunity to sit in the cockpit of a B-2 stealth bomber, but I also had the opportunity to go um, do a tour of a nuclear sub um, that was um, that they had opened up for media to come and, and see. And I had another event come up, and I was weighing whether to go or not, and my boss is like, they do these things fairly regularly. Don't worry. You'll have another chance to do it. Never got another chance to do it. Never got another chance to go see it. So where am I running with that? My life is okay. It just, I never got to do that thing. And did the people who had the chance to go see Jesus in the manger, they may have followed Jesus later in life, but they never got the opportunity to go back to when he was a baby and take that opportunity and be a part of that. And so that's what you really miss out on when you don't all, when you don't make the choice to follow Christ sooner rather than later is you just miss out on that time with him, the, the extended time with him. And so, um, and when you've, when you've met somebody really cool, um, you know, sometimes I think that it, it, how much fun it would have been to grow up with with my wife, Rochelle, just to have known mm. her since when she was little. Yeah. Didn't have that opportunity. But if I did have it, I think that might have been fun. I don't know. Because I really enjoy being with Rochelle. I really enjoy who she is as a person. And so generally when you really, really enjoy somebody, enjoy being with them, you you always look for more time with that person. And so really the the... <laughs> the punishment, if you will, for not showing up in Bethlehem is just the missed opportunity, the missed opportunity to do that. And, mm. and that's not, but the good news is Christ will still enter into that relationship with you later on. Perfect. All right. Well, now I think you just got done over there and closed the door. So I, th- <laughs> I think it's about time for us to wrap up the podcast. So next week it is part two. Come and see what God will do. Ken gave us a few teasers throughout the episode of what we're yeah. looking at. but Yeah, we're going to be talking ahead? about Herod and the wise men, but uh, really kind of taking a look at maybe the villain of Christmas and Ooh. the Christmas story, Herod, and what will God do? Hmm when it comes to the villains and those who are trying to deceive and what do we need to know about that? I like it. Well, I hope that you all are as engaged next week because we answered a ton of questions. Maybe I think this is our biggest question load ever that we covered this week. And it's always fun to hear what everybody else is thinking or going through or talking about. There were people in the chat this week that had uh, real serious prayer requests. And I feel like that community continues to grow deeper with each other and as a family. And so we appreciate you all for being there as well. Just know that each week, we would love to hear from you and your questions and your comments as we go through them here and in the chat on Saturday morning. So, is that it? Did I, are we forgetting anything? It's not next week. Big Christmas is six, is the 16th of December. So, I would also say, like, if you're some, I mean, there's a few of you who don't live too far and... I would encourage you maybe to come for first service, even though with the travel, you beat traffic, get here early, and then hang out a little bit, come there and There are usually hello. a few extra seats in, in first service. But second, just, second service gets pretty full. Even on a regular a regular <laughs> yeah. weekend, it's getting full, yeah, and we're going into of, 105. Yeah, for those of you who are thinking about attending church on the 16th. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> For those of you thinking about attending church on the 16th, I would really consider either getting here very early if you're going to be at second service or coming to first service. Yeah. Um, I think both services are going to be pretty packed, but because I think 105 but, is going to be set up for max capacity. But let me for also overflow. say, very much worth your time to be here for oh. for that service. You definitely, yeah. and it's it's a pretty amazing thing to be be together for these services and the, the music and um, everything. It's just incredible. And this and this coming this coming Saturday, this coming Sabbath, we uh, have the Dickens Carol. Oh, that's that right. Coming. I was going to be that's going to be Carolers. really fun. And then also. Um, we have a great children's program, The Miracle of Jesus, that's taking place out on our promenade, which is uh, out on the north side of our church, where there's a long sidewalk out to Orange Avenue. Uh, it's going to be set up as a little town of Bethlehem, and so you can that's bring the kids fun. through. And I think there's going to be animals, maybe yeah. a spice market. All spice kinds market is fun. Yeah. 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 So definitely, you know, I uh, hope you can time. make it. Bring, you know, invite friends, neighbors, coworkers. And, and then it, Saturday night, also, we have we right. have another program. We have lots happening this next yeah, we weekend. Do. Uh, Saturday night is a program for people who, um, I don't know, it's not exactly Blue Christmas, but it's kind of a, for people who want to have a more reflective, quiet um, evening, thinking about about different things that happen at Christmas time. And I will have uh, Dr. Hurley Paulini. Uh, who's a psychologist, and then we'll also have a special guest musician from Brazil, Savannah Pohl, who's a, a flautist. So, and one of our own, Sherry Carrick, is going to be yes, there uh, playing piano. Be, play I, the piano. Believe, That's well. correct. Yes. It's always a treat when Sherry plays. And we'll get a little taste of that right before the service this weekend, the, the oh, church nice. service. So, so you can awesome. hang out for that too. And then, final one is Randy's favorite. Uh, Worship time of the year is our candlelight communion on Christmas Eve. That's right. So mark your calendar because you got the next day off. Most most of us have the next day off. So it's worth coming driving over. It is absolutely my it is my favorite worship service of the year. More than Easter, more than our Christmas celebration. This is something about hanging out with your friends on Christmas yeah. Eve and candlelight communion that uh, myself and my family, that's our absolute favorite. And if you're thinking to yourself, I'm driving, I'm trying to write all this down, it's wholelife.church slash events. And everything you need is right there. There's a little button. You can click it and immediately add it to your calendar. And it contains all the information and the address. So if you want to put it in your GPS, just click on your phone as you get in the car. And pretty soon, you know, you'll be right here at Orange Avenue and hanging out with us at Whole Life. We'll see you when you get here. That's it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a fantastic week.